Welcome back to another episode of $3 Down, ladies and gentlemen. What are you guys' thoughts on those Dark Souls games, huh? What do you think about them? You like to play them? You like to watch them, maybe? Maybe like to watch other people suffer through them? I really like me a nice Dark Souls game, though, dude. They're one of my favorite games to play. I love Dark Souls, man. The first Dark Souls game I played was Dark Souls 3. Way long ago, dude. It wasn't right when it first came out. I think it was like a year after it came out. And I didn't know what I was going to play for my stream. I was streaming at that time. I couldn't figure out what I was going to play, dude. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. I asked my viewers, hey, you guys got any suggestions? I saw Dark Souls 3 and I was like, hmm, Dark Souls 3, huh? I never heard of this. And Dark Souls 3, that was my very first introduction to the Soulsborne games, the Souls-like games. It was cool. It was cool. I really enjoyed it. But Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, it was agony all throughout, man, all throughout. Like I said, it was the very first Souls-like game. Um, well, I guess it's not Souls like it is a Dark Souls game. The very first Dark Souls game I played and I got absolutely obliterated, man. Jesus Christ. The very first wall I encountered in that game was the Abyss. Were the Abyss Watchers, man. Jesus Christ. The Abyss Watchers were ungodly. Ungodly. I think I spent like a couple of hours on them. It was like in the middle of the night, too. And I was just sitting here with the deepest frown on my face on my face, irritated into oblivion because I could not get these guys. And then I remember the very first time I managed to get their health bar down and then a cut a cutscene started to play and then it showed this dude rising from the ashes, lit a flame, and then it, it cut off the cutscene. And now you got a whole second phase to deal with, dude. I was about to lose my mind when I saw that this dude had a second phase. I was like, oh my God, dude, Jesus Christ. That was the very first wall I, uh, I encountered in that game. That was brutal, man. Jesus Christ. There were, there were a bunch of walls for me. A bunch of walls like Pontiff. Um, who else? There was another one. What was it? The, the dancer. That's it. The dancer, dude. The dancer. And then, uh, oh my God, Nameless King. That was the boss I struggled with more than any other boss, DLC included. The Nameless King was on a whole nother level, dude. And that was on my first go around. My, my other playthroughs of that game, Nameless King wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. I would not consider him uh, one of the hardest bosses for me on my other playthroughs, but on my first playthrough, without a doubt, I spent like four hours on him. I spent an entire stream, an entire stream. I started the stream fighting the Nameless King for the first time, and I ended it by beating him. It took me like four, four and a half hours to beat that dude, dude. I cannot believe my eyes. Jesus Christ. And it, it killed me. I hate when bosses have second phases, dude. It's brutal, man. Nameless King was ridiculous, dude. Jesus Christ. But I no longer fear him too much because on my other playthroughs, dude, I breezed through him. I like first tried him. He's not that bad. Not that not that bad. Looking back on it now, I can't I can't seem to wonder why I struggled so hard on the Nameless King. I don't really know why. Because playing through Dark Souls 3 again and encountering the Nameless King again and fighting him. Not that bad, dude. I breezed through him. Not too sure what happened there. But um, bosses like Medir and Frida, Freed, Sister Freed, is that how you pronounce her name? Or Frida? I don't know. Um, and Gale. Those three, those three are like constant, 
constant walls no matter how many playthroughs I do. They will always be walls I struggle with, dude. Medir, Frida, and Gale. Jesus Christ. Good lord, dude. They're very fun. I enjoy the Dark Souls 3 DLCs a lot. They're really fun, but good lord, man. Their bosses are hard. Really hard, especially Madir. Madir is, I would say Madir is like second place, right there below Nameless King. In terms of uh, like hardness for me and like difficulty I had with him, Madir is right under Nameless Nameless King, dude. It, it was brutal. Jesus Christ, dude. I love Dark Souls 3, though. One of my favorite games, man. I love me some Dark Souls 3. I go back and play it every so often just because uh, just because I want to, dude. Just because I got that itch. That itch that only it can scratch. I enjoyed Dark Souls 3 so much, I went through and I got Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2. After I finished Dark Souls 3 and all its DLCs, I went to go play Dark Souls 1, the remastered version, because that one was out at that time. I went through and played Dark Souls 1 pretty easy. I will say, playing, uh, playing through Dark Souls 3 first, I think trained me and like prepared me for the other Dark Souls games, dude. Like, it kind of numbed me out to getting absolutely dumpstered over and over again. So if that situation happened again, I wasn't too, like, upset or frustrated because I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, another death, whippy, hey, okay, let's keep going. You know, I wasn't too frustrated and, uh, and annoyed with it. I was like, okay, yeah, I died. So what? Let's keep going. Uh... And, like, I was really good at, you know, dodging attacks because, you know, playing Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1 is like a just like a cakewalk, dude. Honestly, it, really, it just is. Jesus Christ. I didn't really struggle with any boss in Dark Souls 1 except for maybe, um, what's his face? What's his name, dude? Oh, my God. He's one of the DLC bosses. I forget his name. He's like, is it M Magnus? Magnus? Is that his name? I think he's the final boss in one of the DLCs. Magnus, I think is his name. The really ugly boss that you fight in the dark. That one was pretty brutal. And that was the only one I can remember having a hard time with. I don't know if that was his name. I think it was Magnus. Father of the Abyss, I think is his full name. I could be wrong. But I know it's Father of the Abyss something, dude. But that was the only boss I remember in Dark Souls 1 giving me a truly hard time. Dark Souls 1 was not that bad. Really fun. I enjoy Dark Souls 1 a lot, but I don't remember any of the bosses giving me too hard of a time. Dark Souls 2, though. I see a lot of a lot of people saying that Dark Souls 2 is like their is it's the worst Dark Souls game, and I got to agree. I wouldn't say it's a bad game. I wouldn't say it's a terrible game or anything. It's good. It's still playable. It's still fun. But compared to Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3, it is definitely, I would say, the worst of those three. But it's by no mean bad. I still really enjoy Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 is the only Dark Souls game that I have not beat. I have not beat Dark Souls 2. Not because it's like ridiculously hard or anything but because it's so long dude every time i come close to beating it i get so bored and then i then i just stop i just stop playing it and don't go back to it right now as we speak i'm currently on a run um in dark souls 2 i have a character and i'm playing through it right now i was playing some before i started recording this podcast 
I'm trying to beat it because <laughs> it is the only Dark Souls game I have not beat because it's just so long, dude. There's so many bosses in that game. And it's I don't know why they put so many in the game, dude. So many of the bosses in Dark Souls 2 really don't even need to be bosses. You know what I mean? There are some bosses that are that are like, okay, what like what what was that? What what are we doing here, dude? Why is this guy a boss? This guy could have been a character. Why is this guy a boss? Like one one boss that comes to mind the prowling magus and the congregation i think that's how you pronounce his name dude prowling magus or magus i don't know man but like that was a boss and that was i could have fallen asleep and beaten that boss it was ridiculous i was like why is this guy a boss dude and there's so many there's so many bosses that get turned into normal enemies and so many normal enemies that get turned into bosses in that game it's ridiculous like the dragon rider I fight the Dragon Rider like 10 different, <laughs> 10 different times in so many different areas of the game. I'm like, why is this guy still here, dude? He's a boss, I think, like two or three times. And then he's like a normal enemy that you find in certain places all over the place, dude. I'm like, what? what is what is happening? What's up with this guy? Why is the Dragon Rider everywhere? Good Lord. Same thing with the... Um, What's that one? What's that one boss? The gluttonous demon or some nonsense? Demon of gluttony or gluttony demon? He's a he's a boss and he's also like a little enemy you find, and I think and I think uh I think a DLC area I think, in uh what's that place called, dude? The frozen area. I forget what it's called. Uh, Elaium. Elaium lore some nonsense dude I don't know I forget what the place was called but you also find them there as a normal enemy I'm like dude Jesus Christ but there's so many bosses in that game dude so many areas so many areas to explore so much stuff to do I just never finished the game because it's just so long dude so I'm trying to knuckle down and finally beat Dark Souls 2 so I can say I've cleared and beaten all of the Dark Souls games I beat Sekiro. Sekiro. I know it's not a Dark Souls game, but it is made by From Software. And Jesus, dude, holy God, Sekiro was ridiculous, man. It's very fun. I enjoyed Sekiro a lot, but it is definitely, I think, the hardest game uh, from From Software, dude. Good Lord. At least from the ones I've played. I've only played Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and Sekiro. Those are the only four From Software games I've played. But of those four, Sekiro is without a doubt the hardest. The absolute hardest. Jesus Christ, dude. Sekiro was ridiculous, man. I only played through Sekiro at one time because I just did not want to go again. I did not want to put myself through the through that madness again, dude. It was brutal, really, really brutal. I did not, I did not have a a smile on my face through the entire time like I did with like Dark Souls or Dark Souls Two or whatever, dude. It was just ridiculous. I was enjoying myself with Dark Souls One, enjoying myself with Dark Souls Two. Sekiro comes around I'm like dude good guy but when you reach a certain point and you want to give up but then the back of your mind in the back of your mind you say you made it this far why you why do you quit now why are you gonna quit now you made it this far just keep going just beat the game already and I'm like oh my god dude good lord the the final boss sword saint Ishin, I think is his name oh <laughs> dude dude that, that is definitely he is 
the hardest boss I have ever fought in any video game, dude. In any game. The Sword Saint. Holy Christ, that is a ridiculous boss, man. I struggled so long with that boss. It was ridiculous. Very hard, dude. Very hard. I kind of want to get Bloodborne. I have a PS4. I kind of want to play uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne looks pretty fun. And uh, I know they released that new Demon Souls game, but that's only for PS5. So, and you know, you know how PS5s are right now. I don't even have my hands on a PS5. If I get a PS5, like the game I want to play, the very first game I want to play is Demon Souls. I really want to play that. I saw a lot of people streaming it when it first came out. Dude, it looks pretty fun. Looks pretty fun. I want to play it. Same thing with Bloodborne. I think you can get Bloodborne on the PS5 as well. So, I mean, if I can get my hands on a PS5, sure, I'll play Bo uh, Bloodborne. I'll play Demon Souls. Why not? Good Lord, dude. I love the Dark Souls games, though, man. I love them a lot. They're very fun. When I very when I didn't play them, when I didn't even know what they were, dude, I didn't I couldn't picture myself enjoying it as much as uh as much as I have. You know what I mean? When I saw people playing it, I was like, oh boy, look at all these people raging up a storm, dude, frustrated into oblivion. I I, I don't know if this is my type of game, man. I'm not too sure. And now I've played them, I've enjoyed them, dude. They're really fun, really fun. I'm really excited for the new uh, Elden Ring game to come out, dude. I wasn't able to play the the uh the online test whatever it was that was out like a few weeks ago i wasn't able to play that but i mean when the full game comes out dude can't wait can't wait but i think i need a ps5 if <laughs> i think it's on a, a is it on ps5 only i think dude i don't know i don't know if it's coming to pc as well i'm not too sure not too sure i know it's on ps5 it might be on pc as well i i don't know i'd, I'd have to check and see I hope it comes to PC as well. Good Lord, I don't have a PS5 yet, dude. Still sold out everywhere, man. It is what it is, though. Jesus Christ. You know what I always thought about? You know what I always wondered? This might get a little Nazi for work, by the way. <laughs> but, like... In professional pornographic movies... Don't you think it's a little awkward for all these people to be like huddled around these people having sex? <laughs> you know, I always think about this. Like, how many people do they have in their little in their little studio setup, just like manning the lights, manning the microphones and the camera? You got the director sitting there with like the 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 blankest look on his face just observing the moves that that these people are making to each other it's got to be a little awkward in there right like it, it the, the tension in there has got to be through the roof right i i can't imagine the feeling the the atmosphere of a situation like that like you're just sitting there so many people probably in this studio area or whatever just watching these people have sex what's up with that dude what you know that that always gets me like oh what is that what is going through these people's minds man like what what's up with that good lord I, I don't know how the the whole intricacies uh that goes into the production 
of professional porn movies but like i'm sure it's gotta be more than like a couple dudes in there right it's gotta be a whole crew of people maybe 10 or more dude all just sitting there like well what's up with that man they got like a, a refreshments table a little a little ways in their studio out of sight of from the camera with their cookies and water and whatnot and then and in the background you just hear people moaning and groaning and skin slapping up a storm it's like dude what's going on in here man what's what's happening jesus christ i can't imagine working in a in a situation like that man good lord it's got to be a little awkward just a little bit uh a little bit fiendish i don't know man who knows maybe they only need maybe like a couple guys in there it might it might not be too bad if it's only like maybe two or three people in there i guess they only really need someone manning the cameras manning the microphone and maybe the, maybe the lights maybe not even the lights dude if they're just in like a in just a nice big room and they just have like a nice overhead light they might not need anyone manning the lights so that's one guy down and if they get one of those cameras, one of those like professional cameras that have a microphone just attached to it already, you don't need someone manning a like a microphone boomstick or whatever, a boom mic. And there you go. That's another guy eliminated. So all you really need is the cameraman. And I guess, you know, that that comes with making a porn movie. You're going to need a cameraman, dude. Well, I guess not necessarily. If you find a good spot and you got a tripod, a tripod for the camera that is you got a tripod up in there with the camera situated with a nice wide angle lens to to capture all the intricacies of the of the sexual acts there you go dude you tell the you tell the actors or performers or whoever whatever they go by dude to just stay within the frame of the camera there you go you don't even need a cameraman so then it's just the people getting it on so so maybe who knows maybe that's how it goes dude no awkwardness maybe they're in a separate room by themselves and everybody else is in there in a whole like a whole nother break room playing smash bros or whatever munching on cookies and water who knows dude who knows that's really interesting i wonder if they made like a that might be on the Discovery Channel or some nonsense, dude. You know what I mean? Like how how it's made. You know that show, how it's made. Maybe there's a show that goes like how it's produced, how it's filmed, and it goes it goes deep into the background of of the porn world, the whole porn movie making world. It shows how it's done, how it goes down, what is done, what has to be done to get the final product. You know what I mean? Very interesting. Very interesting, dude. Very intriguing, if I do say so myself. I'm a very curious guy, man. I want to know how that's going on, but I don't want to look it up. I don't know if that's something I can just find on YouTube, you know what I mean? Seeing how people film porn. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, and I don't, I don't think I care enough to know. It's just one of those shower thoughts that pop up from time to time, you know what I mean? Good Lord. Oh God, dude. Can't wait for my, <laughs> can't wait for my dad to listen to this episode. Jesus Christ, dude. He listens to every single podcast episode, man. Every single one. He's like, why do you talk about this stuff, man? Why do you talk about this stuff? I'm like, well, what do you mean pops? What do you mean, man? It's, it's normal. These are normal conversations that normal everyday people have. 
This is a normal thing. This ain't this ain't this ain't abnormal. This is an unnatural. This is life. This happens. This stuff needs to be questioned. It's as simple as that, dude. I got my dad hounding me like, why do you talk about this stuff? Why do you know this stuff is so vulgar? This stuff is so vulgar. Why do you use this language? I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Jesus Christ. It is what it is, pops. You don't gotta you go you don't gotta listen, man. You don't gotta listen. You don't gotta watch. Jesus, dude. Oh my god. That that comes that comes with letting my uh letting my dad know that I do podcasts and YouTube. He's very curious into what I do. And every time we go to the store, he's like, oh, hey, yeah, this guy right here, he does YouTube. He does YouTube making the making the cashiers cringe their heart out. Literally, you can see their face like, I do not care. I don't care. Did I ask? Did I ask? Please just leave the lane so I can scan the next customer stuff. Why are you talking about this? He does that every single time, man, every single time. And every time he does it, a look of pure, raw unadulterated cringe just washes over that person's face dude and i'm just standing there like yep 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 and the worst is when he gets me involved too he's like yeah why don't you tell him about what you do why don't you tell him about what you do and i'm like okay man let's just go let's just go jesus christ the amount of times that has happened it's like come on man he's like why don't you tell him the name of your youtube channel i'm like see i don't mind people knowing that i do youtube you know what i mean i just don't like to talk about it with other people it's it's weird because what i do is very public it's out there it's on the internet for people to see you know what i mean but i just don't like to discuss it with other people you know it's very I just cringe when <laughs> whenever I have to do that, dude. Good Lord. Unless they are just genuinely asking, I never bring it up, man. That's what happens, though. My dad, he always just brings it up out of nowhere, out of the blue. We're at the store and he brings it up, man. No one asked. No one mentioned YouTube. No one mentioned nothing. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he's like, yeah, this guy right here does YouTube. He's like, well, come on, man. What are you doing? What what's up with you? Why do you do this? Why why do you do this? Good lord. It's it's very weird, man. I don't care if people know I do YouTube. There's a bunch of people I know. Um there's a bunch of people that I know that I'm friends with that I work with and know I do YouTube and, and podcasts and whatnot at this point, dude. I, I don't mind that. I just don't want to talk about it. You know I do YouTube? Hey, that's great. Good for you. Don't talk to me about it because it's very odd. It's very weird. It, for me, I don't like to discuss it like that, man. Good Lord. It's, it's just, it's an odd sensation. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's just like, I don't know, just strange. I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's very weird, but it is what it is. Good Lord. Have you guys ever heard the term lost in the sauce? What does that mean? <laughs> what does lost in the sauce mean, dude? Apparently, it means like you're staring down a bottle. You're just like a drunkard or some nonsense, dude. I think. You know, when I first heard someone say lost in the sauce i thought it meant like i don't even know dude like they were just like attracted to money i thought sauce meant money 
I thought they were like lost in the money. They lost sight of everything else and they were so dead set on the money, they were now lost in the sauce. No, it just means you're a drunk ass. That's it. <laughs> That's it, apparently, dude. Good lord. I just, I, dude, I just, whenever I discover things like this, I like to say it a lot. So, like, in situations where the where the term lost in the sauce doesn't even make sense to use, I'll still say, man, this guy's lost in the sauce. This guy is lost in the sauce, dude. Like, I'm driving with my friend, and I'm, I'm looking at this dude, this other driver just, like, acting like an idiot on the road, just swerving in and out, dude. And I say, good lord. That guy's lost in the sauce, which which he very well could have been. He could have been lost in the sauce. That could have been a drunk driver from the way he was driving. That guy could have been lost in the sauce. He could have been lost in the sauce. But my coworker was like, come on, man. You're going to say this all the time now. That guy, he literally could have been lost in the sauce, though. He could have been lost in the sauce. That guy was driving like a maniac, dude. He was lost in the sauce. Jesus Christ. I'm playing games. I'm playing online games. Other people, I'm looking at this dude. Well, I guess I'm listening to this guy go on a rampage in the voice chat. And I'm just thinking to the, to myself, man, this guy, this guy's lost in the sauce. What's up with this guy, dude? Lost in the sauce over here. What's What's going on? What's going on with this guy, man? I'm just saying it in situations where, where it might not even apply, dude. I just love that term so much. There's just something about it that just rolls off the tongue so easily. Lost in the sauce. Good Lord, that guy's lost in the sauce, dude. I don't even know what to say. What's up with that guy, man? It's just a very, it's a very fun thing to say. If we could change, if we could change the definition of lost in the sauce to just be very broad, a lot more broader instead of just meaning like a drunk a drunk person or someone that's just like just zoinked out of their mind or whatever, dude. If it could be a bit more broad, I'd be a happy man. I'd be happier than I already am, dude. Lost in the sauce. Jesus Christ, dude. Very fun to say. <laughs> Very fun to say. <laughs> Good God, man. Probably don't go around calling other people lost in the sauce, dude. At least you might want to say it in the in the privacy of of your personal space or whatever, I guess, dude. I'm not going to walk up to this to this one person and say, hey, what's up with you, man? You're acting a little lost in the sauce up there. What's up? What's up with that? You all right? Are you good, buddy? Might not do that. But hey, man, when I go to the bathroom, I'll certainly think it. If I'm driving by myself, I'll say it. I'll say it, man. You're lost in the sauce, buddy. Good Lord. It is what it is, though. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, I guess there is something wrong with it, but I mean... You're lost in the sauce, <laughs> dude. Jesus Christ! But that's gonna do it for me today. But before we go, we must recommend a song. It's a must, dude. It's a staple of the podcast. The song we're gonna recommend on this fine day is "The Violation" by Flesh God. Apocalypse. Jesus Christ, what a name, dude. What a name. That is a powerful name. Flesh God Apocalypse. The Violation is the song we're going to be recommending on this fine day. It's a pretty good song, man. I dig it. I dig it. Flesh God Apocalypse. They have a whole bunch of bangers, dude. 
Who knows? You might find your new favorite band in Flesh God Apocalypse. You never know. Give them a listen, dude. The Violation by Flesh God Apocalypse. Jesus. So that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share this podcast on social media. Follow it if you have the ability to do so. Please be sure to like and subscribe when this video is up on YouTube. And if you really feel like it, go ahead and send in a voice clip using the link provided in the description of this episode and any other episode of this podcast. You can find a link that'll take you that'll take you to Anchor's website where you can then submit a voice clip. That voice clip will get sent to me and I can have it in the podcast, dude. You can ask a question. You can say whatever. Just make sure it is safe to have on the podcast. That's all I ask. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you all later. Goodbye.